Well, good morning. Jump into a hole full of snakes. How about no? Don't take a shower for a month. How about no? Pay more taxes. How about no? Sit in a room with Pastor Chris and Elaine Retz for three hours while they talk about hockey. How about no? How about no? So welcome to our new series, How About No, Australian edition, where we're going to be talking about those things in our walk with Christ that we would rather say no to, that we'd rather look at the Lord and say, how about no? I'd rather not, because we all have it, and so we'll be walking through the book of Jeremiah and seeing how he's wrestling with these situations, because he has a lot a lot of situations where he could have easily said to the Lord, how about no? And what I love about Jeremiah is that he doesn't just take these things at face value from the Lord. He doesn't just follow the Lord blindly. He wrestles with the Lord. He questions the Lord. And it's all right here for us to read. So we'll be walking through these different situations throughout this series. But today we're going to look into following God's plans, following God's plans for each one of our lives. So I want to give you a little bit of background on Jeremiah. Contrary to popular belief, he was not a bullfrog and did not have some mighty fine wine. <laughs> he was a prophet. In fact, he was the weeping prophet, or in modern day language, that's crybaby Jerry, crybaby Jerry. Which sounds derogatory, but let's get honest, because Jeremiah had a lot to cry about. Jeremiah was going through a lot of different stuff. And if you found yourself in Jeremiah's situation, you'd probably find yourself crying too. And if not, then we probably need to schedule an appointment across the way over there with Brian Warner at the Counseling Center. But, all that being said, Jeremiah had a lot to go through. He lived in a time where people were overtaken by an enemy, overtaken by a foreign country. They spiraled deeper and deeper into wickedness. A king named Josiah had tried to lead the people back to the Lord, but eventually he died and they spiraled deeper and deeper into evil. Jeremiah got to see his own nation destroyed and overtaken. And so today we look at Jeremiah's origin story. How did Jeremiah get into this in the first place? God comes and gives Jeremiah a message. And he's only a boy when this happens. We know he's only a boy only because this is his excuse for not wanting to do what the Lord has asked him to do. We're good at making excuses. Jeremiah says, I'm only a boy Moses says, I can't speak. I say, there's a new Netflix season I need to watch. We're good at making excuses. And Jeremiah gets this assignment from the Lord to go and preach punishment, warning against his own people, to be the bearer of bad news. So we've got the really prestigious employer, in fact, the most prestigious employer in the universe, giving a really cruddy 
job. Holiday world calls you up. They want to pay you $100,000 a year, but you got to escort people out of the park for abusing the free soda and the free sunscreen. <laughs> Boris Johnson wants to pay you a handsome sum in the United Kingdom, but you have to heckle little old ladies who haven't paid their taxes. No one likes to be the bearer of bad news. And Jeremiah was going to have to go to his friends, to his family, to his own people, and tell them that they're in the wrong. To tell them that the Lord is going to punish them if they don't stop what they're doing. And so I have this question. What if Jeremiah said no? How about no, Lord? I'd rather not. Find somebody else. I'm not going to do it. He does everything else right. He keeps going to the temple. He keeps the Ten Commandments. He is a good Jew, but he just says no to this personal assignment that the Lord has given him. Do you think that Jeremiah can think of a better plan for his life? So I want to dig into some reasons that Jeremiah just might be able to think of a better plan for his right life. Let's start with the obvious. We've already mentioned he's just a boy. You don't send a boy to do a man's job, right? There are certain jobs that you expect a certain amount of experience, a certain amount of age to come to. You wouldn't expect a teenager to be a principal. You wouldn't hire a teenager to advise you in your retirement, right? There are certain things that you expect a certain amount of experience from. Lord, at least let him mature a little bit. Let him build a little rapport. Let him get a little more respect. And then maybe you can ask him to be a prophet. So he's just a boy. Second, it robs Jeremiah of his personal freedom. Did you hear the Lord? He kind of sounds like a little bit of a micromanager. You're going to do what I tell you to do. You're going to say what I tell you to say. You're going to go to who I tell you to go to. You'd think that the creator of the universe would know the research that says that when employees have greater autonomy at work, when they have a little bit of personal freedom, there's lower turnover rate, and there's greater job satisfaction, right? The Lord is stifling the synergy here. Three, the risk doesn't match the pay. Did you see the compensation package? Because I didn't. God even implies that this is going to be a dangerous job by the very fact that he says he's going to protect Jeremiah. But there's no benefits here. All he gets to say is that he was a servant of the Lord. Kind of sounds like a dream team position from hell. Okay? So four... For. He's supposed to be a priest. He's from a family of priests. He's supposed to be a priest. He's upsetting the job tra trajectory. He needs to be a priest. It just is what makes sense. He'll have mentors. It just, it's the easiest path. And five, even though Jeremiah can't look into the future, the Lord can. And this isn't a spoiler because it doesn't ruin the series, but Jeremiah doesn't exactly have a successful ministry, at least in how we define success. He does all of this work. He pours his heart out for the Lord, and the people never repent. In fact, 
The book of Jeremiah doesn't tell us this, but tradition holds that Jeremiah was stoned by his own people once they disobeyed the Lord once again. So he's calling a boy to a thankless job with no benefits that isn't going to even be successful. Do you think that Jeremiah can think of a better plan for his life? So let's say on those grounds that Jeremiah says no. How about no, Lord? I'd rather not. Could Jeremiah think of a better plan for his life? A more fulfilling life? Could he still have a thriving relationship with the Lord if he said no? He kept all the other stuff. He was still a good Jew. He just said no to this personal assignment. It's fun to MacGyver things, isn't it? To think of uses for things outside of what they're normally used for. Now, don't get me wrong, it's nice to go to Lowe's and get the right tool for the right job, even if you only need it for one job ever. It's just cool to have the tool, right? Um, But there are times where you get fed up for running to Lowe's for the fifth time in one day, and you just want to figure it out. So you use what you have. So one time I cut up plastic couch legs and I used them as spacers on my collapsible table saw. Um, Of course, now if my couch breaks, I don't know what I'm going to do. But maybe I'll just slide the VCR under there because no one's using that. (laughs) Um, The real geniuses are not the inventors. They're the people like you and me thinking of things outside of the box. Other uses for things. They're the people like you and me waxing our backs with duct tape. Right? The real geniuses are us who think about the things, the uses for things beyond what they were originally intended for. So, Jeremiah is told by the Lord, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. I set you apart. Now, I can't imagine a whole lot of inventors getting upset when you're using something other than what it was originally designed for because you've participated in capitalism. You've already padded their pockets. They don't care if you use your Mercedes as a hot tub or your laptop as a coaster. They don't care. But there are some things that are set apart in life. Maybe there's a certain dinnerware set that your mom only gets out when guests are over. Maybe there's a certain recipe that only comes out at Thanksgiving, a certain sweater that only comes out at Christmas. When something is set apart, it's meant for a specific purpose, for an intended use. It's not to be used for anything else. And God says to Jeremiah, I set you apart. Before he was even born, he didn't have any say in the matter. So Jeremiah could have said no, but that doesn't change what he was set apart for. 
And we can find ourselves thinking that the Lord doesn't know me like I know me. The Lord doesn't know Jeremiah like Jeremiah knows Jeremiah. I know me the bestest. But did you catch it? The Lord knew you before you knew you. The Lord knows you better than you know you. And he set you apart for a purpose. He had a picture of you in his mind before you even existed. You were on his fridge before you even took your first breath. And he set you apart for a purpose. And Jeremiah could have said no, and he had capabilities that the Lord had given him that he could have used for other things. Even though he was set apart for this, it's possible he could MacGyver himself and use himself for other purposes that he wasn't intended for. He could have been a priest. He could have been a goldsmith. He could have been a farmer. He could have worked at Chick-fil-A. Whatever he wanted. But he wouldn't be doing what he was set apart for. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Just because you can use something for a certain job doesn't mean you should. Because our capability doesn't always lead us to our purpose. Our capability doesn't always lead us to our purpose, to the best plan for our lives, for the most fulfilling life that is possible for us. Just because you can use something for a purpose doesn't mean it was set aside for that. Now, I didn't discover my call to ministry until later in high school. But even then, when I heard it, I didn't want to put all my eggs in that basket. And when I was trying to figure out before that what I was supposed to do with my life, what the best path for my life was, I looked at my capabilities. What could I do? You know, maybe I'll be a math teacher. Maybe I'll be in nutrition and exercise. You can see I gave that up. <laughs> but nothing really fit. It didn't feel right. And I'm confident that if I would have said no, that it would have kept chasing after me. The call, the consecration, what I had been set apart for, tattooed with before I had even been born, would have still followed me. Jeremiah could do all he wanted to try to create his own purpose but he would always fail. I could do all I wanted to try to create my own purpose, and I would always fail. You would do the same. Because we don't determine our purpose. We don't determine what we're set aside for. The creator determines our purpose. The creator determines our purpose. The one who knew you before you even existed set you aside for a certain task, and that is the best plan for your life, regardless of how it turns out, because that is what you were meant for. That is what your destiny is. And as odd and as vague as it might sound, when you're not living according to it, something feels off. And it's this mysterious thing that's just sort of nagging in the background. And I think that's because, and I'm going to say something that's pretty frank, I think it's because it's sacrilege to use something for other than its consecrated purpose. We understand that there are holy things in church. We understand that there are holy things in a cathedral, in a temple. They're not supposed to be messed with. They're set aside for holy purposes. But for some reason, we don't comprehend that people can be the same. 
that God says, I have set you apart for this. And for you to say no to that is blasphemy. It's a violation of God's design. It's spitting in the Lord's face. Because this is what you were meant for. This is the best way for you to live your life. It's sacrilege to use something for other than its consecrated purpose. Specific things are set aside for holy purposes in God's house. Specific people are set aside for holy purposes in God's story. God's plan is always the best plan. It's always the best plan, Jeremiah. You can try to fight it, even if you know that it's not going to turn out well for you. This is the best thing that you can do for your life because this is the destiny that God laid out for you before you even existed. It is the only place that you'll find fulfillment. It is the only place that you'll find alignment, that you will live up authentically to the purpose that you were tattooed with before you were even born. Jeremiah could have lived a much safer life if he said no. He wouldn't have been beaten. He wouldn't have been thrown in his cistern. Of course, he still would have been overtaken by the Babylonians, but he wouldn't have to go through what he all he had to go through as a prophet. But he wouldn't have been living the life that God wanted for him before he was even born. So the creator determines our purpose. It's sacrilege to do anything else other than what we're set aside for. And God's plan is the best plan. So what is God's plan for you? What has God set aside for you before you even existed? Before he formed you in your mother's womb, what job, what purpose did he give you? Now, last Sunday, Pastor Chris focused in on the fact that we're all called. And today, I kind of want to hit that a little harder in the area of the fact that we're not all called to be pastors full-time or missionaries full-time. But we are all called. And it's not as though pastors and missionaries are the only people that are called. God doesn't just call pastors and missionaries Do I need to remind you throughout Scripture there are other people, two other jobs that are called by God? Bezalel is called to be an artisan for God's tabernacle. David is called to be a king. Joseph is called to be a governor of a land and manage food. Mary is called to be the mother of God. God can call all of us. And he has a place for all of us in the story. He doesn't just call pastors and missionaries. Another false belief that we need to address is that it isn't necessarily a paid job. We think that in America, right? When they hear, oh, I just got a calling from the Lord. It looks like I'm quitting this job. I got to transition over here. I got to go back to school. It's not necessarily the case. It might be the case, but the Lord might be calling you to something that never had to do with employment in the first place. So it isn't necessarily a job. And three, it's not too early or too late. 
The two early ones, easy to correct because we got Jeremiah's example right here. Okay, if you're in disbelief just because you're young right now, that the Lord can be just speaking to you. No, he can be. Listen. The other end of the spectrum is it's too late. There might be those of you in the room thinking, something has always been nagging me in the back of my mind, but I've missed the boat. I've missed the ship. It's too late for me. I've wasted all the time. I've just got to live out being generally obedient to the Lord from here on out, but I'll never be able to live in the destiny that he laid out for me because I just didn't take it. No. If the Lord knows what your purpose was going to be, he knew that you weren't going to say yes until now. And if you want to believe the enemy, that he can't use you even now, man, he can't. He wants you to help you walk into the destiny that he's always meant for you, even at 70, even at 80. I believe it. I believe it. God doesn't just call pastors and missionaries. It isn't necessarily a paid job, and it's not too early or too late. God says to each and every one of us, before I made you, I knew you, Jeff. I knew you, Judy. I knew you, Noland. I knew you, and I set you apart for a purpose. Praise be to the God who creates us with a purpose and sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die and rise again. Not only so my sins could be forgiven, but so I could walk into everything that God ever wanted for me as a child of God and every one of you. Amen? Amen. But you will find excuses especially because it will feel like you have to sacrifice some sort of happiness in your life. But the good news is that embracing God's plan is about becoming who you were always meant to be. Embracing God's plan is about becoming who you were always meant to be before you were even born. You're not becoming someone else. You're becoming you. So where does this leave us? What is he calling you to do? Where do we go from here? First, you've got to listen for the calling. Maybe you've never opened your ears to what the Lord might be asking you to do. Maybe you've never believed that there could be a calling on your life to do something. First, you've got to open your ears. It's as simple as that. Because walking in holiness is not just about being generally obedient, loving God, loving neighbor, being a good Christian. Walking in holiness and becoming like Christ is also about listening to the specific things God has asked us to do. Christ didn't sin, but he also listened to the plan that the Father had for him. It's the same for you, believe it or not. He calls us to be generally obedient to what he asks us all to do, but he asks us also to be obedient to what he asks you to do. So listen for the calling. Open your ears. Say, Lord, I'm ready to know what you set me aside for. And second, you got to surrender. Because I suspect that there are those of you in this room who have heard it, or maybe you thought you're crazy because you thought, well, the Lord couldn't call me to do that. Maybe you're scared of it. I don't know. But you've got to surrender. 
And the good news is that Jeremiah, when he heard this dangerous calling, the Lord assured him that he would be with him to protect him because this is what the Lord always meant for his life. And again, he's not calling you to be someone other than you are. He's calling you to be yourself. He's calling you into the destiny that he's always held in his hand for you. You got to listen to the calling. You got to surrender to the calling. Because he might be calling you to be a police officer to minister to people there. He might be calling you to start a nonprofit. He might be calling you to be a bread breaker in San Francisco. I don't know. That's between you and the Lord. But you got to listen and you got to be willing to surrender. So we're going to move into a time of response, into a time of communion. And as we partake in these elements today, I want to remind you that Christ's body and Christ's blood were not only shed for our forgiveness of sins and so that we could walk in freedom, but also so that we could walk into everything that he ever meant for us, the plan that he always laid out for our lives. So I want you to reflect on that as we partake in the elements in a little bit here. Have I fully surrendered to the plan that God has for my life? Am I walking into the destiny that the body and the blood have made possible for me, for us? So we're going to be partaking through intinction today. You'll come to these stations. The ushers will dismiss you. You'll exit your rows going toward the nearest exterior wall. And then you'll reenter on the other side. For the two middle sections, you're going to these tables right here. For the two side sections, you're going to the end tables. But I'm going to invite the ushers up as we begin to pray.